Welcome everybody to Damage Radio, heard here live on MonkaRadio.com, where music admires me. You already know me, I'm RC, alongside my guest, the one, the only, Nick Christie. Nick, pleasure is all mine having you on my show, man. Cameron, thank you for having me. It's a great honor and privilege to be here tonight. Uh, yes, longtime friend of the show is not a lie. I would say we probably go back over 10 years. Yeah, we do. That yeah, yeah, man, and I just appreciate you, you, you know, taking a few uh, an hour out of your time just to uh, do the first official Think Ink signature interview, man. Like I'm this, honored. Seriously. This is the first one, and you know what? I wouldn't want to have it any other way. Definitely, man. Now, um, let's go back. You know, ten years. Uh, tell the damaged fans a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I started off as most. I mean, I started off as a real diehard wrestling fan. I. Watched wrestling day and night. I would study the matches, study the characters, study the ring psychology. I mean, as a kid, it just clicked with me. It was one of those things. Some kids, they'll pick up books or they'll pick up coloring books, or like whatever. Wrestling was just my thing. And I, it just, it had me. It had my heart. It had my, my whole soul wrapped up into it. Now, was it, what, was it, what was it about the professional wrestling aspect? The promo? Um, that's, you, you know what, Cameron, I'm going to be completely honest with you. What, what got me so captivated into professional wrestling was Vince McMahon and the way he managed to market the company. I mean, it, it's, it's really blows my mind because my true passion is marketing and advertising. And when you look at someone like Vince, who was able to market such a bizarre product mm-hmm. yet so successfully, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, that man is really someone that I look up to. Now, let's talk about what got you first hooked on professional wrestling. Was there a certain match or promo? Oh, that's a good... You know what? I was... Uh, th- this is a long story, so I'll try to break it down into a shorter story. But when I was real, real young, and I'm talking like seven, eight years old, um, one of my uncles had, uh, you know, all the wrestling memorabilia from their kids when they, when they were growing up. And they were older than I was. So I was a little past that 80s, 90s mark. I was late 90s, early 2000s, you know. I'm still a young guy, and I'll hold on to my youth. But (laughs) I remember one day I was coming off the the bus uh, from school, and I was walking back home to my mom's house. And my mom said, you know, your uncle dropped off this huge box of wrestling stuff for you. And, Cameron, I'm talking four boxes of just – Vintage WWF magazines, LJN figures, the pile driver VHS tape. We were still using VHS players back then. And boy, I popped that tape in. And ever since, I, I never looked back. I mean, it was it's history from there. Right. Now, what, what was there a certain match that, that, that you can watch over and over again and not get sick of? I'll tell you, one of my earliest memories is probably watching that pile driver VHS, which weren't matches. They were highlights of matches, but it was mainly a music video but it was just so entertaining yeah i have um on vhs the best of hulkamania and also wrestling superstars with ultimate warrior on the cover oh that's incredible okay yeah i'm definitely familiar with that one yeah man and uh i remember as a kid um the 90s being able to have that remote control and going back to back and forth from wcw to wwf at the time or wwe and just knowing that like that error you can go back and forth. That two hours is the best two hours of, of your life because anything can happen at either station. Well, I'll tell you this, Cameron. As much as I have to agree with you, 
I had such a brand loyalty to Vince's product. I just thought it was the cream of the crop and it couldn't be beaten. And there was nothing out there that could even compete with it at that time. Um, so I really wasn't open-minded to watching WCW. And it wasn't until later in my life that I started watching Ted Turner's pro product. So you are like on the side of the business aspect as what we'll talk about later on in this interview. Um, were you, as a young kid, were you, were you studying like what McMahon was doing behind the stage and what you could read online when you know was, it was just online sometimes? Well, yeah, that's that's exactly right. It was very limited knowledge what you could obtain online. You know, there weren't all these forums and spreadsheets and social media pages and whatnot, um, which I'm grateful for now because I've gotten to connect with so many great people all across the globe. But at that time, yeah, you would just study the tapes and and you know you'd watch how they did things and try to not copy but understand all the mannerisms and the way they carried themselves. You know. So take us back to your first ever convention going with, with, with your dad and that bond that you guys have. Wow. Um, my first ever convention. Well, I've been a serious collector my entire life. And I'll tell you this. I was one of those kids that got toys for Christmas but refused to open them. I got more enjoyment of hanging them on my wall as a kid in the package than I did opening and playing with them hands-on. So uh, my first convention had to be the very first, and if I'm wrong, you know, don't don't hold me to it. One of my earliest memories is probably the very first big event in New York, which is a wonderful show ran by my good friends, and, and everyone that's listening probably already knows who they are. But uh, it's a show that still runs to this day, and it's just an incredible event that's held twice a year. What was one, one of some of your favorite guests that you actually got to meet at these conventions that surprised you? Wow. Uh, again, some of my earliest memories from that day would have to be Dennis Rodman was there. Really? Yeah, Dennis Rodman was there. Um, who else was there? Johnny Valiant, luscious Johnny Valiant was there. Talk, man. It was the first time I got to meet the Powers of Pain, which was just, oh my God, because they were in the face paint and the whole nine. I think Hillbilly Jim was there. It was the first time I got to meet the Boogeyman. And it was just such an awesome and wicked uh, experience, you know, for, for a diehard wrestling fan. It's really incredible. And talk about the experience of actually being able to go to these conventions with, with your father. How, how cool was that, man? Oh, my God, yeah. Well, you know what? I have to credit both of my parents just for being so supportive of this this hobby that happens to consume your life. And I think yes. you can agree with that. And but, wait in line so long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, my dad grew up in the 60s and, and, you know, even throughout the 70s and I would say probably up to about 83, 84, my dad was a big wrestling fan. So he grew up with the likes of Bruno Sammartino and, you, you know, all the old school guys, Andre the Giant, I don't have to give you the list. But, you know, he... Um, I think he was happy that I took a liking to wrestling, and we really enjoyed those father and son moments of traveling, getting something to eat, hitting the convention, going home. It was just such a great day. It was really something that we would look forward to. So would he drop knowledge on you of the guys that you didn't know at, at any time? And can you remember any stories? You know, Cameron, honestly, I studied wrestling more than I studied my school books growing up. So they're really – and that's a shoot, you know – uh, I don't know if my dad ever dropped knowledge that I didn't already have because right. uh, I would just read, man. Even like I'd go to the public library as a kid and I would just take out all the wrestling books. That was the only thing I was interested in reading, but they were read from front to back. 
each and every last one of them. So I knew a lot about those eras already, even though I was way younger, you know. <laughs> now take us back to your first uh, wrestling show that you went to. Do you remember what, who the, what the card was and the adrenaline going through your, through your mind as, as a young kid that, that loved wrestling? Well, I'll tell you this. I didn't go to my first show until I want to say 20, 2010. And that's putting it out there. I don't know if that's an exact date. So I didn't go to my first live wrestling show. That wasn't like a community center show. This was like a real deal WWE Raw taping. And uh, I was there and Roddy Roddy Piper came back that night. Um, it was when Heath Slater was going through that Legends run. And each week, you know, a different legend would come back to Monday Night Raw and just completely annihilate Heath, Heath Slater. So what do you know? I'm old enough at this point where I'm taking my dad out to Monday Night Raw, where I paid for the tickets and paid for the experience, where the years prior to that, it was the other way around, you know, for obvious reasons, you're a kid. Um, but I was able to provide him with that experience. And Rowdy Rowdy Piper's music hit. Cindy Lauper was there. Wendy Richter was there. And they reenacted the whole vignette from WrestleMania 1. It was just incredible. It really was incredible. Well, how did it feel actually taking your father and treating him, man, for a change? Oh, my God. I mean, listen, you know, this is obviously well before the whole Think Inc. deal goes. But, um, you know, I was the kid that was out there. If it was snowing, I was shoveling. If it was sunny, I was mowing lawns and I was doing side jobs and my father had a construction company. I'd work with my father often, you know, so any way I can make money as a kid, I was just, I was always in it to win it. I really was. So did his um, work ethic and your mom's work ethic just come that right down on you? Pretty without much? a doubt, without question, without question, without them, I don't know where I'd be. And that's, that's a shoot. I mean that, you know, um, and, and I'm very blessed for that because I don't think that's something that everyone can say that they've had growing up or had at all. You know, and now that I'm an adult and I look back and I'm very grateful for what my parents have provided me with. It made the man I am today. Definitely, man. Now, let's talk about your first um, time you met me and the Completely Damaged team, man. I remember oh, vividly. Talk about that, man. I remember interviewing you with a belt on, on your shoulder and everything. Oh, God, man. Listen, I could break it down so vividly. I remember the shirt I was wearing the first time we met. It was yeah, a I'm time, man. So let's break down the story. Yeah. <laughs> I was wearing a gray Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. And you know what? It's probably going to end up popping up as a question. I'm going to give it to you now. Yes, my favorite wrestler of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've said it publicly. People know it. Um, so I was rocking an SC, SA t-shirt, WWE, officially licensed. Short and hair. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, short hair. And I met you in Monroe, New Jersey at the Legends of the Ring Fan Fest convention. Yep. And the oh, picture, God. you had your fist up, you know. Oh, yeah, I still have it in my album. I have it right on my completely damaged frame over here. Do you, know, you really? All the guys that I've interviewed, all the, like, the legends that I interviewed in the past, you know. Oh, that's an honor. Thank you. Yeah, man. And uh, I just remember you coming up to me, you know, and saying how you, you were listening to me and watching my videos and all that. And I was just floored because like you're the first person actually came up that was actually a fan that watched my product and actually en enjoyed it oh so. absolutely well like we just spoke about a little bit earlier there weren't too many platforms 10 plus years ago 10 plus years ago to now there's a huge difference in this industry and you were a great source to learn and you know listen to these guys stories even if it was a four five six minute interview 
you'd be surprised how much knowledge I'd be able to obtain off one of your interviews. And I genuinely enjoyed them. So when I came up to you, I was a legit fan. I was a mark for you, RC. <laughs> well, I, I got I to gotta mail you a shirt, man. Yeah, there you go. I'd love it. I would love it. I would wear it proud. And that's the thing, man, that people don't realize. Like When, when I would go to these conventions with uh, my friend Matt, we didn't know who we were interviewing. And right. that's what the guys watching this show, sitting in their mama's basement, eating Fritos, don't understand. <laughs> Especially now that like, you're in a businessman now. We get two minutes. With sometimes they're legends. We only had two to three questions to ask sometimes. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that my style of interviewing, I want to know your story. What got you, what inspired you to pursue this business? What are your favorite matches? What are your favorite highlights? I can tell you my highlights all day, every day, but no one wants to hear that from me. They <laughs> want to hear from the wrestler itself. Right. And you don't know, as you know in this business, you don't know what side you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get the friendly, I'm making money side, or or I didn't get any sleep last night, I'm hungover, and I'm giving you two seconds, kid, and I might hit you in the face. And yeah. that's what they don't realize. Oh, I, I could definitely understand. I've, I've seen some stuff like that in my day, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, I never, I only had, in all of my interviews, I only had one person not give me an interview. Who is that? I'll tell you, uh, uh, it's, it's someone that's going to be on Think Inc. signatures in their very, very, very near future. Really? Okay. So then we'll save that for another time. <laughs> yes. yes. So, um, but besides that, um, funny story, I was interviewing Haku and um, I believe it was Barbarian. Oh, and I got, I, got the tag, I got the tag team name wrong. I oh. called them the Powers of Pain instead of another name. And luckily, they just played it off as a joke. And then they, then Haku said, damaged. So now we use the damage that Haku said in the intro of the Love video. It. That's why it's a funny story. Or when Bill Astor was putting me in a figure four leg lock, my first ever show happened to be um, Hardcore Reunion in Allentown. Okay. When I interviewed Terry Funk, and I got thrown all these superstars when I was one show in. Right, right, right. An independent show. And looking back at that now, how blue and I was in the face because I was so, like, in awe of all these guys I'm interviewing. Oh, sure. I was not prepared for that at all. But driving home that day, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. All oh, people yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know yeah. what? You know, a lot of people that aren't wrestling fans, you know, they'll hear us and say, why are they such big fans of these guys? Well, you got to understand, like, some people are just so devoted. These, this, these guys were our Michael Jacksons, our Paula Abduls, our Steven Tyler's. Like, these were our heroes, you know? These were the people that we looked up to as kids. So to now have that opportunity to interview the talents and talk to them and meet them and greet with them, it's such a phenomenal experience. It really is. And I'll, I'll say this straight to you, first time I'm ever saying this. Um the reason why I stopped doing video for a long time, I just picked it up recently before COVID started, mm-hmm. is because everyone with a camera on their phone thought they could have a show. Mm-hmm. When it, Back then, it was myself, the legendary Bill After, who we all, is all our mentor, and Bill's voice of choice, nice. Bruce Wirt. Mm-hmm. It was just us three, really. Yeah. Going to these conventions. And then out of nowhere... Everyone had a camera on a phone and they were having their own show. And it took the passion out of me where I would get so many views and then someone with their phone is getting a thousand views. Yeah. 
what was am I doing wrong when I was getting fourteen point K views on some interviews? Right. And then dropping down. Right. And I just got very angry, not with the business, but just angry on how is this even possible? Like I'm really like my team is editing, you know, hardcore, making it look like a a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when, you know, my, my team and I just, just like, you know what? We're just going to do podcasts now. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do college radio and do that way for a little bit. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah. And then just recently we started getting back into the video aspect again because I got that drive back in me. I'm happy you did. What, what brought that drive back, if you don't mind me asking? Just missing it, man. I miss being in front of the camera. I miss being in RC mode. I like that. I understand that, like, you know, whether it's you, you slick your hair back, you get in Nick Christie mode. With me, when I put that suit on, I change into somebody else for a change. Yeah. I'm sure. not Cameron. I'm RC, Richard Cameron. Mm-hmm. Or RC Cola, as I like to say. Oh, and I like that. Okay. <laughs> John RC Cola like, and tried to get them to sponsor me, but they didn't get back to me. It's okay. I'll be the real RC. You know? <laughs> I like that a lot. And that's the thing, man. Like, you know, like you only have one life, and you can look back and say, I wish I could have. Well, sure. I, I, you did. I did. I wanted to interview guys that I looked up to as a kid so I can get their story. Do I know all the ins and outs of every wrestler? No. Do I sometimes not know what I'm talking about when I'm interviewing someone like, like, you know, off the, off the fly? Of course. Which is why you keep it basic. Yep. You interview them and just get their story. Whether people are like, you already know their story. Well, some people don't. Absolutely true. Absolutely and, true. And and that's and that's why I'm I'm back in the game again. And um, with this whole COVID thing, it's hard. I don't know for you doing virtual, you know, but it's hard to find people on Skype who, with the Wi-Fi connections and everything. Well, I'll tell you this, Cameron. Just to touch back on what you had mentioned a few moments ago, with you saying that you had gotten um, you got out of the game for a little bit because there were other people competing in the same business that you were in at that time. You know, I, I could say the same thing, um, but I won't. Uh, you know, I, I've never let competition discourage my drive. Um, I have a very strong work ethic, I, I, and I always try to stay positive. And if work, if the work life ever begins feeling like it's too much on me, too much on my relationship with my girlfriend or my family, I step away for a moment because I don't ever want this to impede on my happiness. I do this out of passion and joy and love and the whole nine. I mean, really, we do. Don't ever let anybody else discourage you out of your own gig because this is what I know you have the same passion and drive that I do. So it hurts me to hear that happen because I always watched your videos growing up and I'll still watch your content now, even if they're from 10 years ago. You know, and and you're one of the best, man. And that's why I'm here doing my first ever interview with you. I appreciate that, man. And the the bottom line, it was we were bringing the big cameras that we got from our college. Oh, yeah. That was the thing. Like people with their their phones. And I know Apple, I know iPhones and all that, man. It's it's great, great footage and all that. that. But that's what discouraged me. And especially my, my is that, you know, we're going looking like dressed to the nine. And that was the main thing, man. And. And whether whether for me it was jealousy or not, it was just I just lost that passion for a little bit. And I'm not going to do something half. You know what? I want to go all out. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like that about you. And now I'm back in, man. And like you only get one shot. And that's why I'm 
Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I got a chance to do WrestleMania access. That was a dream of mine. But there, there could be more dreams, you know. Sure. Sure. And that's what I added more dreams to the list, and that's why I'm back in it. So well, that's awesome. And I wish you guys lots of luck. I Thank really do. So let's get let's get into this, man. Uh, what sure. inspired you to pursue your own business? Well, uh, let me open that up with saying that Think Signatures Incorporated is not my first business. I've actually owned several other businesses before I really got fully devoted into this one, which I'm super happy I did because this is what I should have done all along looking back at it. But I was in a I was in a wide array of different businesses, um, you know, from clothing industries to, again, like manual labor industries where we were a legitimate business. Um, and, and it ended up just not being my thing in time. And, and that's a part of growing up. You figure out more about yourself and who you are and what you're passionate in. And wrestling was just always that thing. So I just tried to figure out a way on my own, hey, how can I monetize this? What any YouTuber would say nowadays, you know, how can I monetize this footage or these clips here? I had a plethora of memorabilia that's now inventory. You can see there's memorabilia all around me here. This is a very small portion of my office that you're looking at at the moment. But, um, you know, I just was so into getting involved. I would have done it by any means necessary. And it's turned into something beautiful. It's really blossomed very nicely. So why signings? Was there anything else first on your list to do in professional wrestling? Memorabilia. Memorabilia, but the memorabilia is generated from the signings. I mean, you only have memorabilia when the talent signs something. You know, I I could sell you this cup, and this cup here is $20 in the store, but if so-and-so puts his name on that, that turns into a $50, $60 cup. Right. You know? So, so that's, that's what it is. Business and all that? Was it hard to be in the business aspect of something that you loved? Not at all. Not no. at all. Because I I, I turn off um, – I'm always my same self. But when it comes to business, I don't like to use the word cutthroat because I'm not. Um, but you're a little bit more on the ball. You're a little bit more stern. There's money involved. So things have to be taken a little bit more seriously and not lightly. So, you know, you get my drift on that. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Okay. As far as that question goes, yeah. So why the name Think Inc. Signatures? Um, you know, I, I think the name Think Inc. Signatures, it was a name that I came up with. And, and coming up with a name was not an easy task. But I'll, I'll tell you this. I think where it came from was I'm a perfectionist. I mean, I, I've always been, you can ask my parents, everything in here, in my home office, everywhere is just perfectly in place. And ah, think ink signatures. Where did that name come from? I've never been asked this before. So this is a shoot. This is the God's honest truth. You know, uh, one of the things that we focus on here is precision and, and doing everything as perfectly as possible. And, you know, when we were going to conventions 10, 15 years ago now, there weren't even paint markers years ago. You got the choice between a black or a blue Sharpie and you liked it. And and that memory kind of dormed on me. And I said, well, how can I make my product better? You know, we have every color that you could ever imagine under the yeah, sun. You do. Yep. So, I really do. We have big, big sacks and bags filled of all different brands, all different markers. And we have customers so crazy all around the world now. That'll say, do you have this marker in a magenta and do you have this one in a green? And they're specific greens. They're not just green. It'll say winter green. 
Wait. Or, Wait. I'm telling you, Cameron, you got to be on the ball. If you're calling yourself Think Inc., you got to be on the ball about your ink. Is that why you're so curious in those videos? And like sometimes you're saying green will look good on that photo. Put green on that photo. Hold like it. Well, a lot of people trust uh, our team's uh, professionalism when it comes to, uh, you know, we have a lot of years in this memorabilia game, if you will. So, you know, I have a trained eye and I know what colors pop best on certain backgrounds and posters and figures. If you show me the item without looking at what pen's available, I'll tell you which one belongs on that piece, you know? And I think people trust our judgment and that's where a lot of that that you see in our content comes from. Okay, now take us back to when you first started this to now. What would you tell yourself now that you didn't know back then? <sighs> Be ready, uh, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You know, I'm a sole proprietor in this. I'm the full owner. I am the CEO and founder of Think Inc. I do employ four people that are underneath me, and it's a privilege to do that. But a lot of responsibility falls on the owner's shoulders in any company, not just my own. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to configure from payroll to managing inventory to filing taxes. And there's a lot of all that fun stuff, you know, paperwork that people, I always say people don't see how the sausage is made. They yeah. only know how it tastes and how it looks on the table. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes here, you know. Um, but again, if you do what you love every day, you never work a day in your life. I'm a firm believer in that. Now, I know you said it off camera, but I want the fans to really realize the time and effort you're putting through this, man. Talk yeah. about, like, your schedule, man. Yeah, sure. sure. So, you know, um, Think Inc. Yeah, absolutely. Think Inc. is a full-time gig. But uh, it's not my only full-time gig. I'm a project manager for a life safety company full-time uh, based out of Manhattan. So it's a lot of traveling. I'm, we're located out in eastern Long Island. So, you know, it's an hour and a half ride into the city every day. Um, you know, put in my 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. at my shoot job, as I call it. And then I come home and I'll work after a shower from, let's say, 5 p.m. to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And most nights only getting three, four hours of sleep. And I'm running seven days a week that way. You know, we don't turn off. We don't stop. I get a, enough sleep to get me through to the next day. And then I'm back at it in the morning. Uh, do you have a certain ritual as far as food goes that gets you the energy that you're not getting when you're sleeping? That you try to do like a shake, a protein shake or? You know, I did. If you remember correctly, I mean, years ago, I was really into working out and got myself into some peak physical condition. Yeah. Um, you know, I've stretched myself pretty thin now with all the responsibility. I mean, I have my own facility. I have my own place. I have a girlfriend. I have a family. So there's a lot of things that pull me in a lot of different directions, just besides thinking and, and the shoot job that I had referenced earlier. Um, I'm sorry. Go back to your question there again. I, I don't want to say it incorrectly. No, like, you know, just everything that you got going on as far as, you know, like you're working during the day, yeah. you work at night with thinking, like talk about all that, like, and now, like, you know, you got to stay on point and like, you know, do you have a protein drink or a certain food that keeps you going? Oh yeah, that, that's it. I'm sorry about that. I see. I wanted to answer your question course, the yeah. right way. And, and guys, all you listeners at home right now, none of these answers are written out in front of me. I'm giving you shoot answers. These are off the top of my head. These are coming from the heart, you know? So these are real true answers that I'm giving RC right now. Um, you know, what ritual do I have? To be honest, I, I take my vitamins. I try my best to eat healthy. 
Um, but I think most importantly, I keep good people around me. And that's the best ritual. I mean, I have, I'm very close with my family. I have a wonderful girlfriend uh, that I share a home with. And, uh, you know, I have wonderful parents and just a lot of positivity in my life. So I think by me surrounding myself with those people on a consistent basis helps keep my head on and, and focus in the right direction. Now you got a fate, you got, you know, you know, family that sticks behind you. Do you have a favorite quote that you, that you uh, often tell yourself or a favorite book that inspires you? Hmm. <laughs> Son, I smell like smoke because I've been through fire. Mm. And I think yeah. it's a reflection on everyone's past because we all kind of go through those rough patches in life. Um, I've been fortunate to kind of avoid a lot of them and, and live a straight and narrow life. You know, but I, I like that quote, and that's something that I think about quite often. I think that's a Clint Eastwood uh, quote, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Yeah, for me, it's without struggle, there's no, no progress. See, I like that. I like that. Very you good. Get down, but you got to get yourself back up, and you got to surround yourself around positive people because you don't want people bringing you down. That's very easy to get down and get stuck down there. Oh, so absolutely. Without struggle, you got to keep on going one step. Higher, which I'd love to say. Without a doubt. I could not agree with you more. Uh, take us back to your first ever Think Inc. Signatures event. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> you, you, do you want to hear, like, the shoot story? Because this isn't the very... I hear as many stories as you got that, that, that it's college-friendly radio. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, I don't use profanity to begin with, so you're, you're safe with me on the show. But, um, okay, so I had a... Uh, I'm very green... This is my first time bringing talent out on the road with me. Um, was I uncomfortable? No. I was very eager and being professional and carrying myself with the same integrity I do every day um, to all of the fans. It's much different from when I'm talking to someone through a screen uh, on our virtual platform than actually meeting them in person. Mm. It's not an awkward experience. It's just a different experience. So you got to know how to manage that. And there's also a lot going on in the mix. Sometimes right. that can get a little tricky. I'm sure you can understand that. Oh, yeah. But back to this weekend. So I was bringing out my good friend Paul Diamond, a.k.a. Max Moon. Uh, he, was, he was AWA tag team champion with Patrick Tanaka as Bad Company. Um, great guy. Love him. Still, worked, still work with him to this day. And uh, this was going to be the first appearance in years that he was going to be wearing the Max Moon costume. Okay, and this was not the original costume. We didn't advertise it that way. I actually had this costume made from scratch for him. Yeah, so it took a certain person to put it together and really bring it to life. It was a lot of work, a lot of money, and a lot of aggravation, but we did get it done. So it's him, me, and Barry Horowitz, Mr. Technical, who will be joining us this Saturday, June 19th. Little plug there, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, if you'd like to join us on our virtual platform. We'd appreciate you being there. But it's Barry Horowitz, Paul Diamond, Nick Christie, and my one helper, and we're in the car. Actually, I'm sorry, my one helper was not with me that night. It was just me, Barry, and Paul. And we had three spots. We started off at the crack of dawn at Big Event, which we men mentioned earlier. I don't remember what number Big Event, but we were there. And for those that attended, you'll remember this. Later that evening, we were to appear in Brooklyn for Warriors of Wrestling, which was at uh, St. Finbar's Church out in Brooklyn. How I remember all this <laughs> boggles yes. my own mind. And then later that night after Brooklyn, we were supposed to go all the way to Massachusetts. And then the following morning, we had Albany. 
for WrestleFest, which is a great convention in the Colony Center Mall. So we had four spots lined up. It's me, Paul, and Barry, and we're running off little to no sleep, as it is, because a lot of time on the road. Right. And I have no one to take over the driving. This is all my driving, all my time. Anyhow, we get through a big event, smashing success. Both my guests did wonderfully. Later that evening, we go to uh, Warriors Wrestling. We smashed that event. We did wonderful. Everyone had a great time. Okay. Well, from Brooklyn, we're driving all the way out to Massachusetts now for the uh, Big Time Wrestling Show. Okay. And we stop at a gas station. Okay. Uh, after the Big Time Wrestling. I just want to make sure I'm telling you the story correctly. So we do the Big Time Wrestling Show. That was okay. Mediocre at best. Just that night wasn't working for us. Whatever. We had a very successful day, but just we could have called it a night at that point. Right. I'll leave it with that. So after the big time wrestling show, and no disrespect to BTW, um, we stop off at a gas station. Because now from Massachusetts that same night, I have to drive to Albany through the night. Because the show at the Colony Center Mall starts at 9 a.m. sharp, and we had to be there at 8 to set up. And they get to sleep while you're driving half tired. Certainly, yeah. And I'm up. <laughs> so there's a lot that goes into it. So now, mind you, we stop at this gas station right outside Massachusetts. And I go, I tell the boys, you guys go in there. You get whatever you want. You guys did a great job today, whatever you want. And I know it's just a gas station. I'm not putting myself over. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, that's all that's available sometimes right. when you're on the highway. Perfect. So a gas station is like, oh, my God, it's the holy grail because you can get anything at a gas station with a convenience store. You can get candy and protein bars and drinks and Gatorades, Red Bulls, whatever you want. It's there. Mm -hmm. And they were in their glory. So I must have spent $50 at this gas station between energy drinks and protein bars and the whole nine. Anyhow, cars parked outside. Now it's probably a quarter to three in the morning. Paul's in the car. Barry's in the back seat. I'm in the driver's seat. And we take off, and three and a half hours later, guess where we end up? Albany, New York. Okay. I pull into the hotel parking lot. I know I have maybe a couple hours to sleep before WrestleFest begins, so I'm excited. But as we're getting out of the car, I reach down, and I feel my pockets, and I said, uh-oh. Well, Cameron, I lost my wallet. And I had no idea where it was, and it was a brand-new Gucci wallet. Now, mind you, I wasn't upset about the Gucci wallet. I could have really cared less about the wallet, but all the money that we had made that day no. was in that wallet. And I'm telling this story because it has a beautiful ending. So, you know, I had, a, I had quite a few thousand dollars in my wallet. It was a big wad. I said, man, that wallet is long gone. Sayonara. Anyhow, I save all of my receipts, business owner, everyone does it, for expense reports. What do you know? This little hole-in-the-wall gas station in the middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, on a highway, the phone number was printed on the receipt. Now, catch this. I called the gas station up, and I said, all panicky, hey, sir, how you doing? I was in there with two gentlemen earlier. Were you the guy in here with Barry Horowitz? Is what the guy, the gas station guy is telling me. And I said, well, a matter of fact, I was. He goes, I'm a huge Barry Horowitz fan, but I didn't want to say anything because he was there and I didn't want to bother you guys. I said, listen, it's no bother. Of course you could have said something. I'm actually in a little bit of a situation, though. He goes, sure, what's up? I said, I lost my wallet. 
I obviously paid you for what I bought from your store. So it has to either be in your store or outside in the parking lot. Could I please ask you to look for the wallet? Now, mind you, RC, I was at that gas station five hours ago at this point. Do you know how many people probably went to this gas station in the span of five hours? Could have been 100. Could have been 20. It was the wee hour of the morning. He goes, all right, give me five minutes. I'm the only one here right now. I'll search the whole inside, and then I'll lock the door and go outside and check the parking lot. This is all the shoot. You could ask Paul. You could ask Barry. This is the God's honest truth. I said, okay, no problem. Thank you so much. I was just relieved that I got on the phone with somebody. Yeah. He, he comforted me just by answering the phone. Because if I didn't have that receipt, I wouldn't have known where that gas station was ever again. Right. Okay. I want to say a minute and a half goes by, but that minute and a half felt like two hours. And the phone just didn't ring. So I called him back. And I said, did you happen to find anything? He goes, matter of fact, I did. He goes, can you just describe to me over the phone what your wallet looked like? I said, well, yeah, it was a brown Gucci wallet. had a little stripe on it, whatever. He goes, yeah, I have it here. He goes, you know, you have a substantial amount of cash in this wallet. He goes, I'm very shocked it stayed here. I said, sir, thank you so, so much. He goes, do you want me to mail it to you or something? I said, no, 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 don't mail it to me. I'm going to drive now back to Massachusetts from Albany. But now, mind you, I have no other choice. I have to drive after I go all the way back to Massachusetts. I have to go all the way back to Albany again that night because I have WrestleFest in the morning and I have two guests that are ready to appear. Well, Barry Horowitz, I, I, and it's not a knock to him by any means. He's one of my closest friends in the industry. He goes, Nick, I'm so tired. He looked like hell because we, so, we were running them dry that day. And Paul was tired. I was exhausted. I got Barry into his room. I said, well, listen, guys, I got to go get my wallet. So if I got to go alone, that's just what I got to do. You know, you guys can go to sleep. That's fine. What do you know? Paul Diamond said, no, nah, I'm not making you drive alone. Turned around and he jumped in the car. He took that four hour ride that we just got out and came all the way back with me just so I had someone to ride with back to Massachusetts. I got my wallet from this guy. When I got to that gas station, Cameron, I expected just to get an empty wallet back because you don't ever hear stories like this. Yeah. And let me tell you what this guy said to me, because what this guy said to me really changed my life in a way, because I feel like he was put into my life for a certain reason. He said, you know, I raised my daughter to be an honest person and I can't be a hypocrite and not do what I preached to her. And I would never steal from anybody regardless. He goes, here's your wallet. Please don't give me a reward. I do not want one. Well, I wasn't letting that, that that's not flying. But Barry wasn't with me now, and now it kicked in my head. This guy's a huge Barry fan, and I don't even have Barry here to take a picture with him. Right. Well, the guy goes, he goes, well, do you know who I am? Paul says to the guy, and the guy goes, yeah, you're Paul Diamond. You're AWA. Knew his whole history. I said, this guy is like a huge wrestling fan. Like, this is awesome for him. Cameron, I have one of those big totes that I travel with in the back, and it's loaded with merchandise and memorabilia. I went out to the car, and I just grabbed him a pile of stuff and just put it on the counter, and I said, if you don't want this stuff, give it to your daughter. Give it to your daughter. And if she doesn't want it, then donate, donate it and give it away. And then I gave him some money, and me and Paul took off and went all the way back to Albany and still made the show the following morning. 
That's probably my craziest road story, and I can't imagine any other vendor or promoter having one worse than that because that was a real bad show. Wow. It was and you still rough. made out in Albany. We made Albany. Um, so there was no one on the road at that time when we were shooting back there. I want to say we got back in like two and a half hours this time around. I was flying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't condone speeding, folks, but. You know, I, I was going a little bit faster than I should have been. And I got back to the room with about an hour and a half to sleep till showtime. Got up, ran the show the next day like a champ. We rocked it. Killed it again. We did like a four or five hour appearance. Fans got a kick out of it. Uh, another vendor uh, out there had brought in Patrick Tanaka. So we were doing bad company photo ops, Orient Express photo ops. The fans went wild for it. It was awesome because we did a short period of time at that convention of him in the Max Moon gimmick. And then he switched out of it and then did the bad company gimmick with Pat. And Pat's also a great friend of mine. We just had him on recently. Barry did really well. And it's just great time interacting with the fans that travel to these shows. Now, being a businessman and a wrestling fan, sure. um, what's your mindset when you're looking for guests? Personality. I, I want to, I, you know, even if Mike McGurk, for example, we had, she's a sweetheart. And I consider her a great friend now and client. And I look forward to working with her. In the future, I think before I book, so I think of a plethora of talent. Sometimes, you know what tool I'll use, and people will start doing this now that I say it. I, I use the WWE encyclopedia. And, uh, you know, I don't even go through page by page. I'll actually just look at the glossary, and I'll put my finger on the pages, and I'll just look at the names, look at the names, look at the names, and I'll say, even if I don't have a connection to them, we have the power of social media. So don't say you don't you don't know this guy, you don't know that guy. You have the power of social media. People were booking wrestling talents in the 50s and 60s. I don't want to hear that you're having a tough time in 2021. That's right. not an excuse, you know? So I leave my horizons completely open. And let's just say I go over so and John Doe. I'll say, hmm, that would be a good guest. Could fill him into this spot, maybe bring in this person with that person wonder what John Doe's personality is like. I wonder if he'll be good interacting with the fans. I don't go, I don't book my talent based on who I was a fan of as a wrestling fan. I book talent based off who I think the people want to see. And I think that's how conventions and shows should be run. If you book people that you're just fans of, you're a mark. But if you book people for the people, you're a businessman and you're a good one. Right. No, so that's that's how I run it. That's that's how we do things here. Now, as far as how does the whole process go? You bring a talent in for a certain X money, and then you got to make that money back by signing. Um, well, every talent's a little bit different, and asks you know has different needs, if you will. So you know, some talents prefer to have a first class flight, and they they get it. You know, they get it in certain circumstances. Um, some talents want a certain hotel, some, some talents want certain foods. They request these things. And if you can accommodate them, they work out. And if you refuse to accommodate those things, they don't work out. Luckily, I haven't had anything not work out yet. Everything that I've set out for is, has worked out and been successful thus far. And I hope it stays that way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's a whole process, Cameron, to be honest with you. You know, you I, like I said, I'll look at that glossary. I'll say, this is the guy I want. Why do I want him? He was a great performer. 
He captivated fans. I know that this guy sold tickets years ago. You know, he got butts in seats. Why can't he do it now, 30 years later? He's not past his prime. He's in his prime in this industry, the collector's realm of things. Um, Yeah, you know, you agree on a rate, right? You tell them where the show is going to be. You tell them what they're going to do before they get there. Don't be one of those people that book a talent and then it's a surprise when they get there and they're doing three spots and you told them it's one. That's not the right way to do things. Right. Every single last person that we've had come through our doors, they cannot say one thing negative about our brand because it's the way we carry ourselves. And I'm not putting myself over or our brand over. That's, that's the truth. That's a shoot. Whether you're a mid-card talent or you're a enhancement talent, I don't even like using that term, or you're a main event talent, you get treated the same when you come through our doors. That doesn't matter to me. I booked you. I brought you in. Now it's your time to enjoy the Think Inc. experience, you know? Right. And that's how it works. You just agree on a rate. You bring them in. You tell them what they're doing, and that's it. The show's on. Yeah, I'm going to throw something at you. What if, because this is my mind thinking now, sure. you have a Halloween convention. You, you remember the Ninja Turtles. Sure. You remember that one match that we had in Ninja Turtles of the bad boy Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill. <laughs> what if we brought the Ninja Turtles in New York or whatever Halloween night for a convention or a virtual signing? You know what? I, I would say that anything is possible in this industry, and and we don't. We, you can even ask fans. Fans reach out to me. I get dozens daily that'll say, "Oh, can you try to work on this talent?" And I'm sure nine times out of ten promoters get those messages, and they go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, whatever." I write those names down. Every time I get a suggestion, I write it down. Even if they say Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who I'd love to have. And if you're listening, please contact me because I'll book you. But, you know, I'll still write those names down and I'll keep a tally of that in my phone, in my notepad. I don't have this big master sheet in my office, but I do keep memory of all that stuff. I listen to what they want because if I don't, I fail. The fans run these businesses. The promoters manage them. Is it key for you to make sure that you stay uh, have a good connection with these other promoters? Because I know some promoters can be shady, you know, to certain wrestlers when they're running conventions and and shows. Do you try to make sure that you know you're you're always known as the guy who means business, but is always a friendly face? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a bad relationship with anyone that I can think of. No. No, I've never even had a crossword with anyone. You know what? I've had other vendors, and not even in the metropolitan tri-state area, other vendors meaning, you know, middle America or, you know, Canada. or There's promoters everywhere that do this wrestling stuff. And they've reached out and asked me for a favor, and I was always very happy to, you know, not fall for it. But, you know, if they needed help with something or needed advice, I'd give them the half hour. If they wanted to jump on a Zoom call, I'd give them the hour. If they needed something signed, and I know that there's someone that also brings in talent, but they're also a real hardcore wrestling collector inside. Sure, no problem. No yeah. problem, because that's what vendors are supposed to do for each other. You're supposed to help each other, and there's not enough of that going on right now. True. You know, if I could be the first advocate to try to help and bring everybody together sincerely, I think it'd be a really nice environment. It'd be a great workplace, and I'm sure a lot more money would be made. 
Now, were you ever put on the spot when you didn't know what to do about a certain certain time when you had a convention, or did a fan? What was one of the strangest things that they actually asked someone to sign? Whew. I mean, I've worked with a bunch of talent already. Um, I'll tell you this, and I, I don't want to get too specific because I don't want to be inappropriate, but I had Deborah McMichael December of 2020, and Deborah was this is this is completely the God's honest truth, one of the greatest people I've ever had the privilege of working with. I, I mean, Deborah McMichael, have you met her yet, RC? I interviewed her, yep. Let me tell you something. Deborah McMichael is a sweetheart. We stay in touch, not every day. Every so often, I'll shoot her a text. She'll shoot me a text. She is a sweetheart, true professional. I really enjoyed working with her. Uh, I think when wrestling fans see a female booked, they may get a little carried away with inscriptions, um, or they'll send us something without running it by me first, and it'd be an inappropriate item, and then you never see that on camera. The talent doesn't sign it. It just gets mailed back to the sender. I had a couple things like that happen, and I hope it doesn't happen again because we just booked the beautiful Crystal Marshall for one of our upcoming events. And I, I don't know if you saw that yet, but um, that's coming up real soon. You got Raven coming up soon? Oh, yeah. I didn't want to plug all these events on your program here, but, yeah, we have a plethora of guests, guys. You can check it out on thinksignatures.com or my personal Facebook page. Shoot me a friend request if you're listening. My name is Nick Christie, CEO and founder of Think Inc. Signatures. Any questions, comments, or concerns, my team would be happy to assist you. Now, do you have a top five list of dream uh, guys that you'd like to work with? Yeah, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, and Stone Cold. What? Now, what? What? Is that? But in in all seriousness, is that list dead or alive? Like, is this a reality five, or is this kind of like putting it out there? Let's give three reality two. You know, then I'm going to have to give you because. I'll get into this after I, I give you my list here. So my list of the people that have passed, my top two, would be Muhammad Ali and Michael Jackson. Okay? That would be my top two. And I, I'm i going to get to the out of the realm of wrestling in just a moment. But the top three living would be Hulk Hogan. Give me a moment because I don't want to give you a bad list here. I would probably say Mike Tyson as another. Influentially, you know, influential wise. Um, and then the third, you know, I'm going to tell you something. And then I, later on, I should have said, oh, I should have said this name. Um, That's what we do part two. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would say Stone Cold, Mike Tyson and, and Hulk Hogan as the three living. Muhammad Ali and Michael Jackson as the two that are unfortunately deceased. Okay. Now, you seem like, you know, you can cut a, a promo. And you seem like a type that would probably want to be a professional wrestler if given the opportunity. Um, did I want to become a professional wrestler? Yeah. Well, Cameron, I'll tell you this. I, I went all through my high school years not really knowing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents, they, they encouraged me to go to college. I, I would say encourage is the, is the right word to use there. And I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew my passion was so strong for wrestling. And I started taking classes in, in a local college here for business and marketing. And my plan was to actually apply for an internship with WWE. And I actually went through the proper channels to where I was right up at the point to submitting my resume. Wow. And I, I stepped back from it. And I all because of one person. One person said, be careful, Nick. I'm not going to mention who this person is. This person has a big question mark. They're anonymous. <laughs> um, they said... <laughs> you're very devoted to your hobby. 
I would hate to see your hobby turn to work and that work destroy your hobby because you carry that passion for your whole life. And I really like, holy God, that that rang my ears out because I was just I couldn't stop thinking about what that person had said. Yeah. Wow, like I could start a job here and this could be potentially my dream job, but is it going to ruin what I love and what's brought me so much happiness for the past two decades, you know? I'm not ready to give that up. No. So yeah. that's when I really decided, you know, it's it's time to take things seriously. And why I work for Vince McMahon, I could become my own. It's funny you said that because I did a documentary of when the interviewer becomes a wrestler for a day at the <laughs> World Famous Monster Factory. And okay. Danny Cage says in that video, um, are you sure you want to do this, RC? You sure you want to take this bump right now? I love my plumber, but you don't see me knee high in a bunch of, sh you know what? Yeah. And I thought about that, and I was like, I need to do this. I need to know what it's like, because I respect you guys so much. Yeah. I want to see if I can do this just for once. And running those ropes, Nick, hardest thing ever. You think it'll be easy, yeah. but you're not running. You're gliding. Well, you know, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people that, again, are not wrestling fans discredit the business, discredit the – um, the entertainment aspect, because they say it's predetermined or it's fake, which I despise that word when it comes to this industry. Um, truth be told, these are real athletes. These are top-tier athletes. These are the 1% of the million that tried out for their role, and they're the ones that got it. Right. They sacrifice love lives, relationships, family relationships, kids growing up, vacationing, traveling with loved ones rather than always traveling just for business. Yeah, you get to see great things and everything's comped and so on and so forth. But that's not the point. These guys sacrifice their personal lives. Their, I mean, there's just so much they give for, for our entertainment. Right. So to not be appreciative of that, even if you don't enjoy it, you got to respect what these guys do and how they look and how they carry themselves. They are superstars. They are. Yeah. Firm believer. Now, um, recently we've been seeing a, a plethora of cuts in WWE. Mm -hmm. As a businessman, founder, CEO of Think Inc. Signatures, <laughs> are you salivating at the lips of some of the guys that you can possibly get right now? No, uh, and I'll tell you why. I think that those talents that are recently released will inquire with other wrestling promotions – or for wrestling promoters, mm. meaning they want, they're still in their prime. Right. This, this program, this business that we all run, you know, the, the 5,000 wrestling promoters that are across this country, yeah. there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. 5,000 is probably not too far off. Right. I'm sure they get excited. Um, I look at it like a discredit to the business and a discredit to the talent. If you take them fresh out of WWE and stick them at any convention, it's a discredit to that talent. That talent still has time. Like I, I'll tell you a prime example. At, at Big Event once, I saw Bobby Lashley there. And this guy was huge, huge. Out of his, he looked like a star. And I said to myself as a kid, this guy is more TV ready than half the guys that are on TV now. Mm -hmm. And now he's signing autographs. Not that that's degrading, but this guy's in his prime. Why is he here? Yeah. So guys that should be on my show, guys that you'll see on my show, they're guys that are 
their prime is signing autographs now. And there's nothing wrong with that because they've already lived that illustrious career. But now it's time to appreciate the fans that got them to where they once were. Right. You know? Now, before we sign off, Nick, I want to give you, you know, I know, you know, I don't have to do this, but I want it because you're my friend. I want to give you the proper time now to plug yourself, to tell your fans about your website, what you got coming up, and why people should be so excited and back Think Ink Signatures. Wow. Well, Cameron, thank you for that. I always appreciate a moment where I can plug myself on a new and exciting platform. Um, Well, guys, again, let me introduce myself. My name is Nick Christie. I am the CEO and founder of Think Signatures Incorporated. You can check us out exclusively on Facebook, where you'll see all of our live streams run directly off of my personal page. We also have a Facebook group page by the name of Think Inc. Signatures. Inc. is in all capitals. Um, we are on Instagram as well. We're new to Instagram, so bear with us. We get a lot of DMs and messages. We'll get back to everybody. Uh, our tag name is at Think Signatures, all lowercase, nice and easy. And again, our website is www.thinksignatures.com. And we just, you know, guys, we're very hungry right now. Our whole team is very, very hungry to win and strive for success. And I think we're doing a real good job at it where we have some awesome talents that we haven't even announced yet in the works. I mean, we are already into like mid 2022 with our bookings, but nothing is announced yet. We're announcing a month by month. So there is a ton to look forward to guys. We are ahead of the game. We're on the ball. We're a new exciting promotion that I think you all should really jump on the bandwagon and take advantage of because we offer a great service and we have a great, staff and uh great items for you to purchase during our live memorabilia auctions as well if you're a collector out there so thank you for that opportunity well nick you know completely damaged and you know myself always got your back and i appreciate you always taking the time out if you do a live feed to say cameron's a really good friend of mine go check completely damaged out and i appreciate you always having my back since day one Oh, without a doubt, RC. And thank you so much again for the opportunity of being on your show 10 years later. Even though I'm still young, I feel like, wow, I'm dating myself now. But it was a great honor and a privilege. And I wish you a lot of success. I wish your family, uh, you know, to all continue to be safe and well. And I'm glad you guys all made it out of the pandemic safe and sound. Um, Now it's time to get on to bigger and better things. And I, I, I certainly believe in you, brother. So. Uh, anytime you need me, you give me a call and, and, and Think Inc. is in business. Well, let's definitely do this before the summer's out again because, of course, I got plenty of more questions that I want to ask you and talk about. Sure. And we, we didn't even get into AEW and stuff like that, but uh, that's why you leave the fans wanting more. So, uh, <laughs> fans, this is Nick Christie, and you've just been completely damaged on MockerRadio.com, where music and minds meet. <laughs> Completely dead!